Welcome back to In the Know. My name is Tiffany Bui. And my name is Luke Diamond. So Tiffany has been working on the story for our last episode for weeks now, and today we get to hear it. So let's just start at the beginning. Um, where does this story begin? So on Good Friday, I went to a protest next to Planned Parenthood in St. Paul, and it was divided by a fence. On one side of the fence, an anti-abortion coalition of religious groups called Pro-Life Action Ministries sang hymns and prayed. On the other side was a counter-protest by supporters of Planned Parenthood. It was upbeat, lots of pink, and people waved around signs. So overall, just like a really raucous scene. Yeah, and as I was leaving, one woman stopped me and tried to hand me some anti-abortion rights flyers, and then said something I wasn't really expecting. She pointed across the street at a much smaller clinic and said if I need help, I should go there. And what was different about that clinic? The clinic is called uh, Abria Pregnancy Resources. It offers medical services for women like pregnancy counseling and ultrasounds. And, and that's different than Planned Parenthood? Well, the fundamental difference is that Abria does not perform abortions or provide referrals for places that do. And I was interested in how these types of clinics operate. So pro-abortion rights advocacy groups have done a lot of campaign work against clinics labeled as crisis pregnancy centers. These are centers that women can go to when they're experiencing an unexpected pregnancy, so when they're in a crisis. This term has different connotations depending on who you're talking to. Pro-abortion rights activists understand it as a place that does not provide abortions and has anti-abortion ideology. In fact, some call it fake women's health centers. Yeah, well, so actually, I would encourage you to use fake women's health centers and not crisis pregnancy centers. This is Haley O'Neill. I'm the organizer for NARAL Pro Choice Minnesota. She has different responsibilities at the Minnesota NARAL chapter. Uh, their full name is National Association for the Repeal of Abortion Laws. One of her jobs is running their internship program. The purpose of the internship is to promote um, reproductive rights awareness and organizing specifics to college campuses. And at the University of Minnesota, NARAL's interns run the student group University Pro-Choice Coalition, or UPCC. And according to one of the students I talked to, part of her internship is raising awareness on campus about so-called fake women's health centers. I always kind of say that they're like the anti-choice movement's secret weapon. Molly Lancrete, she's a NARAL intern and is co-chair of the UPCC. My job is just to kind of um, help spread NARAL's message throughout the campus. So why is NARAL against these so-called crisis pregnancy centers? Well, they say the crux of the problem is that pregnancy centers are not transparent about their anti-abortion ideology and try to dissuade women from terminating their pregnancy. We call them fake women's health centers at NARAL because crisis pregnancy centers insinuate that they do provide all options counseling and that they are providing um, the sufficient resources to help someone in a crisis. We call them fake women's health centers because both of those are not true. Aside from not providing abortions or abortion referrals, uh, UPCC and NARAL say these clinics will often misinform clients about abortion risks. We want people to have accurate information, you know? Like, people have a right to know, like, real options, when it, especially when it comes to healthcare and reproductive rights specifically. And so many of these um, clinics, well, all of these clinics, their goal is to um, persuade their patients not to get an abortion. That is their, you know, the, like that's the ultimate goal. According to NARAL's statistics, pregnancy centers are really prevalent in Minnesota. They outnumber abortion providers about 18 to 1. 
And it's true there are only five in the whole state. Planned Parenthood in St. Paul is the closest clinic to campus that provides abortions. Haley said there are some general attributes of pregnancy centers, and one of them is that they often locate near college campuses. So that they can easily target young women or low-income women or college students, um, especially in areas where these patients don't have another, don't necessarily have another source of health care. So are there any pregnancy centers near the U? Yeah, there are two. There's Abria, which is right across the street from Planned Parenthood, and there's First Care Pregnancy Resource Center in Stadium Village. And UPCC is targeting those two clinics in their campaign to raise awareness about these centers. Um, But crisis pregnancy center is a pretty broad term. Molly told me she's never actually visited First Care as a patient or known anyone who's been there. And so I kind of wanted to know the other side. And I went to talk to some students who work for First Care and Abria to get their take. Yeah, uh, my name is Tessa Lynch, and I'm studying neuroscience. Tessa is a freshman, and she volunteers at First Care. She recently became the president of the student group called First Care on Campus. I'm really interested in women's health, and I looked into Planned Parenthood, and most of their volunteer positions were just office work and working at a front desk. And a friend told me about First Care, and I went in and just fell in love with the people. They're just so warm and so inviting, and yeah, really needed volunteers. So (laughs) it worked out. She said initially she was hesitant to volunteer for First Care. One thing to know about Tessa is she's Christian, and she experiences some tension between her faith and also her social understanding of why someone would seek an abortion. I personally go back and forth a little bit on abortion. I think, yeah, I have really mixed thoughts on it um, because part of me thinks, well... I don't know, You, we don't give options to women. Like, there's not free and accessible birth control to all women, and there aren't social programs that help lower-income women raise their children, or at least those social programs aren't well-funded. Um, so I completely understand the reason to get one. One of the reasons she preferred volunteering for First Care over Planned Parenthood is that they are a non-political organization, and they do not take any stance. So Tessa said the clinic does discuss all options with clients, uh, so that includes adoption, parenting, and even abortion, and so abortion is not immediately off the table. Um, when I asked her why First Care does not offer abortion services at all, she said, Well, at its core, this organization is faith-based, and so we do not bring up or push our faith onto any of our clients. Um, it's kind of like a Red Cross type of deal, you know, like it's based in a religion, and that's why we do what we do, because we believe that Jesus loves people and would support them, so why shouldn't we? And so I asked, well, what about referrals? If um, the mission of the clinic is to provide uh, women with all their options, provide them with support, I'm wondering why they don't provide abortion referrals, because wouldn't that be limiting their choices? They would have to go you know, elsewhere if they wanted abortion referral. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of it is that it's not super hard to find an abortion referral. I think, especially because Planned Parenthood is so big and there are um, Planned Parenthood clinics all over the place, people, like, that's just a name that comes to mind. And so I think a lot of people, if they are abortion-minded, would go towards Planned Parenthood and can find a referral easily from them. Um, Also, just from looking online, it's not too difficult to find. The other pregnancy clinic, Abria, also has a student group called Abria on Campus. Uh, My name is Nick Johnson. I'm a senior here at the University of Minnesota. Nick is president of Abria on campus. They table in Kauffman Memorial Union, hand out flyers, generally anything to raise awareness about this clinic that's a couple miles away. Um, We we really strive to encourage an open conversation where we are not 
judging people. We are, we are just supporting people to talk about um, issues that they're facing in their own lives. Nick was very clear that he would not support any organization that provides abortions. I will take the stance that all abortions are wrong and that women should not get abortions and that I would hope to make it unthinkable to get an abortion and I would hope to overturn legislation um, that makes abortion legal in the sense of Roe v. Wade and on the more state level. But he was equally clear that ABRIA is neutral. ABRIA and pregnancy resource centers are not taking firm stances on abortion because, again, they are not saying abortion is wrong. I am saying abortion is wrong as a pro-lifer. ABRIA is not saying that abortion is wrong. They are also not saying that abortion is right. Between ABRIA and First Care, there are a lot of overlapping narratives. They say, we don't judge, we don't pressure clients to make a decision one way or the other. And the services they offer are also pretty similar. And a big draw is many, if not all, of those services are free. A lot of the fake women's health centers really, really, really heavily advertise that they have free resources, right? So free pregnancy testing, free STI testing, free ultrasound, options counseling. When I first ran into Tessa, she was tabling for first care in Kaufman. They were encouraging people to come in and do an STI slash STD screening. And the barrier is really low. In order to get a test, bring your student ID. And that's all you need. Which can appeal to a student who doesn't want record of an STD test showing up on their parents' insurance. So that's a really popular service they advertise. Okay, so I understand the services that they offer, but why do pro-abortion rights activists accuse clinics like Abria and First Care of misleading their clients? Yeah, so in 2012, uh, NARAL Pro-Choice Minnesota published a report that surveyed 15 taxpayer-funded pregnancy clinics, they call them fake women's health centers, and it alleged that they were making false statements about abortion. So 73% of these fake women's health centers investigated, that we investigated, repeated the false claim that there's a link between abortion and breast cancer, or an increased risk of developing breast cancer. And then 87% of these fake women's health centers that we investigated advised that abortion will or does lead to severe mental health issues or problems. The really interesting part is that NARAL conducted this research by sending female volunteers into pregnancy clinics undercover. The volunteers pretended to be pregnant. Uh, NARAL calls this practice secret shopping. They had um, urine samples that would test positively for pregnancy, and then they would just send us as students to do secret shopper missions. That's Olivia Krenz. Uh, she went undercover for NARAL in 2016 after the report was published. She's a recent grad of University of Minnesota Duluth. I was a freshman in college, so I thought it was just so exciting. I was like first learning about CPCs, and I was like, oh my God, this is so horrible. Like, I can't believe this. And I was just outraged, of course. Olivia said NARAL talked to her student group about pregnancy centers beforehand. Then she and another volunteer who pretended to be her one-night stand went to a pregnancy clinic in Duluth. And it is literally 300 feet from the abortion clinic, the building for women. So it is extremely confusing. It's like a classic CPC tactic um, to place their building like a couple hundred feet within an abortion building so women just stumble into it by accident. Inside the clinic, the person at the front desk checked Olivia in and gave her a pregnancy test. And so I went to the bathroom and then poured the, the pregnant urine into the cup and gave it to them. It tested positive, and then they were led into another room for a pregnancy counseling session. The first thing Olivia noticed was the terminology the staff member kept using. She would kind of do the talking and explain, 
you know, where the baby is at. And that was one thing is she never said fetus, embryo. It was the baby, the child, the baby, the little one. It um, Her wording was very planned out, I suppose, um, and just making it seem like this was a this was a human being inside of me. After she gets an ultrasound, Olivia and her partner sit down with a counselor to talk about her options. And according to her, the conversation felt tilted away from abortion being an option. You know, the first and foremost option was for me to have the baby and to keep the baby. Um, And then they told me another option was to go to Lutheran Social Services. And that is, uh, that would be a safe place I could give my baby up for adoption. Um, And then... I had asked about abortion, and they just flat out told me that they don't refer patients to, or they don't advise abortions to patients. Um, They wouldn't even really talk to me about it. And so it's this place where they advertise to women, to couples, we're here to give you your options, yet they do not give you all their options. They literally refuse to give you one of your options. All of this was three or so years ago for Olivia, and so I wondered if she felt differently about going undercover now than as a freshman. And she told me she has some ethical concerns about it today. I think if I were to do it again, I would go in and I would say I think I'm pregnant, but I would just use my own urine. Um, It would come out that I'm not pregnant, and then I would just, I'd rather just ask them questions. Um, If I'm doing it undercover, I would rather them not believe that I'm pregnant and sort of mislead them in that way. I feel like being undercover can already be misleading. Basically, the question at the heart of this controversy over pregnancy centers is, are they offering honest and transparent services? I want to understand what happens when a client facing an unexpected pregnancy comes into a pregnancy clinic. So I interviewed two staff members who work at First Care. Do you want to introduce yourself, like your names and then, and then your job title? My name is Amanda Sorensen. I'm the nurse manager. Amanda Salmon, client care supervisor. Beyond SCD testing, First Care also offers different community resources with an emphasis on parental support. I asked if they've heard of the criticisms against pregnancy centers by pro-abortion rights groups. This is Amanda Sorensen. To be honest, I really haven't heard very much criticism. Um, when we have patients that walk through our doors, every single person, no matter what service they get when they come in, they fill out a survey at the end of the appointment. And the surveys are completely anonymous, and they are overwhelmingly positive. Um, They rank us on a scale of one to five in multiple criteria, and then there's also a space for them to write comments, and the comments are really positive. Um, So I do think that we're serving people well um, when they actually come into the office. Um, So if... uh if a client comes in and says, like, I'm facing an unexpected pregnancy, um, I'd like to talk with, with you about my options. Can you walk me through, like, what, what you would help them with? Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of really just question asking and finding out what's what's going on in their life, how are they feeling about the pregnancy, um, what options are they already thinking about, um, and just exploring, um, you know, if they're saying, I'm, I'm considering having an abortion, then I'll just ask, okay, can we talk about that? What makes you lean towards abortion and versus parenting? We have a scale question that we like to go through on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being 
um, abortion or caring, however we put it, um, and 10 being, so what if one is abortion, 10 would be carrying the pregnancy. Um, and if she says she's a five, then we explore what keeps you from being all the way down to a one and what keeps you from being all the way up to a 10. And Abria told me they have a similar process. Something that I thought was really interesting is that both clinics emphasize that while they don't perform abortions or provide referrals, they give out literature from the Minnesota Department of Health about abortions. We don't tell anybody what to do or what not to do. We want to make sure they're well-informed and well-educated. I have had women that have come in in the past um, that have had abortions or, um, or parented or place for adoption. And, and something that I hear often is, I wish somebody would have told me X, Y, and Z, and I might have made a different choice. And so our goal is to make sure that nobody ever comes back to us and says, I wish you would have told me. The pro-abortion rights advocates I talked to agreed that these clinics have the right to exist and not offer abortions, but they say they do not have a right to give out false information. I asked Molly, who again is the co-chair of the university's pro-abortion rights group, if there ever is a time where a pregnancy center would be someone's best choice. If they don't want it, you know, if they don't want an abortion, if they are, you know, maybe they're very religious, maybe it's just not within, they don't, they don't find it moral, that is totally their business and that is okay, they can go, you know, then they're there, you know? I think that's, that's fantastic. But if they're going to a clinic that does not offer accurate information on abortion care, they should know that. And they should walk into that knowing, okay, I don't want to get an abortion anyways, so let's learn about the other stuff, you know? And I think then that would be a good option. So something I got out of the story is that dealing with an unexpected pregnancy can be head spinning, you know, especially if the person doesn't know where to go or even what they want. We're talking about possibly life-changing decisions, so it could be of great comfort to have guidance um, they can trust. And here's the rest of the U's news. The state legislature appointed four new regents to the University of Minnesota Board of Regents last Thursday. Two have backgrounds in higher education, one in nonprofit leadership and activism, and the last in law. They will serve six-year terms. One of the unseated regents was Abdul Omari, the sole regent to vote in favor of renaming Kaufman Union and other campus buildings. Last year, University of Minnesota astronomers discovered a new star, the farthest star from planet Earth ever recorded. Now they found another one. The new star, which they named Warhol, is an estimated 6 billion years old and more than 5 billion light years away. They discovered it by using a telescope to peer through a galaxy cluster that bent light, forming a natural magnifying glass in space. The team said they hope the new star will give them insights into dark matter and the expansion of the universe. At a Board of Regents meeting last Thursday and Friday, the Regents discussed the possibility of allowing alcohol to be sold in general seating areas in Williams Arena and 3M Arena. Athletic Director Mark Coyle said that selling alcohol could help reverse a decline in fan attendance. If approved, the arenas would limit alcohol sales to two drinks per transaction and end sales halfway through games. The Board was generally supportive of the proposal. Last but not least, In the Know is produced by me, Luke Diamond, and is reported by my co-host, Tiffany Bui. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And 
thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening all school year. We'll be back in the fall. In the meantime, have an awesome summer. <laughs>